The man of will breaks all boundaries. As above, so below. Magic of come to realize is a new way of seeing our own world. Something divine truly does exist. You're listening to the Culture Shock podcast with your host, Dave Escuro. Good Monday morning, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Culture Shock podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and today we are celebrating No Nuance November. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with No Nuance November, fear not. My guest today, Bobby Sobel, will be on the podcast to explain exactly what No Nuance November is and how we can apply it in our own lives. She was also very gracious in sharing her story as a chaos magician and her more recent exploration of her Jewish roots with her study of traditional Jewish Kabbalah. And we also talked about some of the misconceptions around the entity known as Lilith. So I want to thank Bobby so much for her time. And uh, I want to thank all of you all for joining this podcast. So without further ado, let's get into No Nuance November with Bobby Sobel. So we are in the middle, when this comes out, we are in the middle of No Nuance November. Yay! <laughs> which I know is your favorite time of year. Like your it holiday. is. It is my holiday. I love No Nuance. Just tell it like it is. <laughs> so, so. I wasn't familiar with this term, this phrase. I, I I've heard other Novembers, none of which I believe in. Not this is a this is an anti no nut November podcast. We don't celebrate that year. It's bad for your, it's bad for your health. Uh, but no nuance November. I might be able to get behind. So maybe explain for everyone what no nuance November exactly is. So no nuance for November is basically giving your most unhinged take and then just <laughs> dipping, just leaving, just say whatever is on your mind and just go with it. <laughs> so my question only is that how is that different from every day on Twitter? It's not. <laughs> it's like it was last year and it just kept going. I think that, you know, COVID just left everybody unhinged and well, here we are still unhinged. It's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? I know I've talked about it in the past, but I, I truly do think that the last, I don't know, five to six years, I guess, have been really rough. It's like, it's like a six year tower period, right? It's like a really hard time for people. And then, you know, beyond, I, I, I kind of look at, I've looked at moments in my life, for example, like 9-11, irreparably changed society, right? Um, yep. You could certainly see that the, the the sort of tribalism and division in the political party really started to divide during the Clinton years and have just exponentially grown year after year after year, culminating in the Trump presidency where that, that you know, for many people, regardless of what side of the you fall on it just sort of broke people there's just like this they've fully given in to hero worship in a crazy way i was watching a video with john stewart on cnn where he was basically lambasting them for for obsessing like a like a uh what's the term like a jilted lover over trump because because what happened was that cnn had its highest period of viewership during the trump presidency so the reason why they they this guy this loser who's like, you know, sitting in retirement, doing whatever, probably losing money. Like they can't let go of talking about him because of the ratings. So that they have yeah. to, you know, like, so like that whole period of time was very chaotic. And then, and then at the heels of that, or as that, as he's exiting, then you get COVID for going on. What has it been like two years now? I don't even remember. Two fun years of people not wearing masks or vaccinating or, you know, they all have science degrees now and it's, you know, <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. And so it's, it, and I, I, what's in, especially interesting to me, I feel like is that, 
not only is there division, not only are there some wild takes out there, but there seems to be, it's funny that we're talking about no nuance November. There is no nuance in this conversation. No. There is no compassion. There is no understanding. There is no trying to understand in one side the fears or anxieties one one might have or on the other side right. the urgency that they that others may feel there's just like there's none of that it's just like this is what i believe and i'm out i'm dropping it's, my take and i'm done it's black or white <laughs> which what? is really which is funny because i like i feel like when i say it's just black or white it's really not but that's the irony of the whole thing is that you know there's so much nuance in the world but yet nobody wants to recognize it yeah, and I wonder why that is. I, I've been trying to think about that. You know, what, you know, maybe it's just the natural progression of what this sort of age of mammon that we live in, but it feels, uh, my, I guess, I guess the only thing that I can sort of lean into is that um, we've become very precious with our, with our feelings. How we, and I don't mean like a, our emotional feelings, although, of course, that's attached, but like what we feel about something, what we believe about something, we've become very attached to it. Like we, we don't have ideas anymore. We don't have like, Oh, that's an interesting concept. We just believe we feel and we believe. Exactly. Or I also feel like, you know, especially with online creators, they push that belief to make it so believable that that's the only way to believe if that makes sense. It does. It does. And it's, it's interesting because I find that I, I, again, whether it's a symptom or whether it's a cause or whether it's a symptom that is, perpetuating the cause it does feel like part of this lack of nuance is perpetuated by a lot of what i call kardashian fiefdoms you know little mini yeah. kardashians you know and, and it can exist in many different uh, cultures right wrestling culture yeah uh, uh, punk culture you know witch culture occult culture the need to make your take the gospel truth, the gospel take, which of course means you have to tear everyone yeah. else's takes down has, I feel like eroded or at least attributed to the erosion of nuance and conversation. Because yeah. if you have nuance, then you might realize that the Thalimite and the golden Dawn and the uh, chaos magician and the Christian and whomever else may actually have far more in common than they have differences. That's absolutely true. And it was so funny because I was talking to a friend of mine about Thelema and chaos magic and how they fit so well together. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's because it's, they're both, I feel like are very hard to define. I mean, there are definitions obviously, but at the same time, like there's so many different beliefs. I mean, I feel like with Thelema, this is, which is not, I'm not a Thelemite by any means, but I've seen like contradictions between new Thelema, old Thelema, I don't know if there was some sort of like Thelemic Renaissance or whatever, but you know, there's, there's this understanding of like, there's no cohesive thought. Like there's no, um, there's no, they don't really think the same I've noticed. Um, and that's the same with chaos too. It's really interesting. Yeah. And I think like, again, I, I sort of dabbled in Thelema and have kind of come to the realization that I respect Crowley as the great curator of a bunch of other better ideas that someone else came up with. But, but, and, and, you know, and, and even the golden Dawn stuff, like if not for Israel regardy, like we wouldn't potentially have that. So from that perspective, I really have a lot of appreciation and I think there's a lot of wisdom yeah. that, was, 
that was stated. But I, what I find though, reading, you know, uh, like if you go to like the McUnion or other sort of places where people post blogs and takes and what have you off Twitter, it seems like one of the things that is, uh, whether it's been a constant or whether it's a relatively new uh, addition is the sort of postmodernistic view of Thelema, wherein anything and everything can be Thelemic because you you will it to be. Right. And, and therefore, there's no consensus. And some would argue that there is and that people are just opting to opt out of that. And And, and I think it also goes back to what we were talking about. If you're trying to establish yourself and this is not directed at any one person or people individually, but I just see it and I, I feel like I should comment on it. If you're trying to set yourself up as someone who gives advice, wisdom, teachings, knowledge, the way, whatever it may be. The true it, will. Yeah, the true will, the true way to the true will. It it behooves you. It's good business, right? It's just good business to say that the Lima is wrong. My Thelema is right. Don't subscribe to their Patreon. Subscribe to my Patreon because I am the true way and the will to crossing your, the abyss or whatever. Your HGA, <laughs> right? And then, and I'm not picking on Thelema because it's other. No. It's everyone. It's every every facet of everything. And frankly speaking, it, it's it's a it's a, it, you know most people grew up with some sort of uh, uh, Abrahamic religion as their background yeah. uh, in America, at least. And, and frankly speaking, those, that's an old tried and true tactic that old, you know, Baptist ministers and shit used to use. I mean, it's the same in the Jewish religion. We have the Hasidic, the Orthodox, the, you know, the reform. And then the, I hate this word, but it's the Judeo Christians, but that claim Judaism, but they're not. <laughs> Right, right. But I feel like, in, I mean, I don't know well enough, but it feels like in those movements, there are actual philosophical breaks that occurred. Uh, it, it, so I was raised Catholic, so there was like the Anglican and the Catholic Church breaking off and the Protestant, what have you. But even in those instances, um, you know, those were big philosophical changes that broke off, right? Right. Whereas I feel like nowadays, it's very minor changes creates the division. Like, I don't think there's a lot of people, again, I'll pick on Thelema just for a little bit. I don't think there's a lot of people <laughs> out there who are like, Crowley is the son of God. No, Crowley's a, a prophet. No, Crowley's just a dude. No, Crowley is uh, some science fiction writer. Like, I don't think that occurs like that. I think no. it, it's it's not so, um, you know, global as that. It's, it's like minor things. It's like... Yeah. I like everything that Crowley said, but he was a dick. So we're going to do an offshoot and we're going to, you know, and, and it's like, it's far more caught up in the, in the minutia. I feel like with a lot of current occult division of practices. Does that, does that sound like. Yeah. And I also think too, with the Abrahamic religions, you have a lot of what differentiates it between like, say, we'll just use the as an example. Cause that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Um, the They're going to be so mad at us. <laughs> I don't care. No <laughs> They're mad at me too. Um, but it's the uh, time. I mean, there's so much. I mean, if you look at those Abrahamic religions, there were wars fought over it. There's yeah. literally, you know, there's no, I mean, the the worst you have is a Twitter war for, yeah. you know, some of the newer neo-religions, I guess you would call them, or belief systems. Um, even with, you know, like the Chaos, they also, you know, they're constantly fighting. It's It was the, I saw something at Phil Hine 
um, who I adore. If you don't follow Phil Hine on um, Twitter, he's great. Um, mm. You know, and he wrote a lot of books on chaos magic. And somebody said, you know, chaos magic isn't chaotic. And I said, and he just basically said, well, why not? Well, I guess you know. it depends on how you define it. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, you know, it's like, what are you doing with it to either make it chaotic or not? Yeah. And, and one thing I I think that, and, and, and as someone who practices it, please correct me if I, if I misspeak, but it feels like sometimes people are drawn to certain beliefs based on, on maybe the idea that it, it reinforces a life they're already living. Yeah, or buzzwords. Buzzwords are also key. I mean, chaos magic. I mean, that it just sounds cool. Plus, Marvel yeah. has kind of capitalized it on it as well. Um, the Scarlet so Witch, I, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, in essence, it's like they they take these concepts, and, I, and I'll even go as far as like some of the older Abrahamic stuff with uh, Lilith. Like Lilith became more popular when Sabrina came out. Right, you know, and these are all things. They're like buzzwords, and people get attracted to it, and then they they don't understand the concepts behind it. Yeah, and I, in fact, I'll take it back even further. I feel like this boom in witchcraft or cultism really kind of started around uh, season three of American Horror Story. Oh yeah, like, Coven was great. <laughs> Coven Coven was a really popular season, and it kind of again maybe I'm wrong. It's when I noticed it for whatever that's worth, but it feels like. From whenever that season came out, there was the rise of city witches and the rise to sort of neo paganism that had not really. I again, I had not noticed it whether or not it had been around. I had not noticed it since the '90s when, like, you know, Raven Silver, uh, what was her, what's Silver Wolf? Raven, Raven Silver Wolf. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Um, and like Manson and and like the '90s that kind of had that mainstream gothiness to it, and the craft and the crow and all that stuff. So. Since then, I hadn't really noticed it being quite as popular until that season came out and sort of seems like it revived uh, the popularity of of more esoteric practices. No, and I agree with that completely. I feel like, you know, Hollywood does have a, a large play in what society does, how they think, where they are at their life. You know, it's because that's what we hold on to. I mean, if you go back to even cave paintings, like that's what entertain people, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, that's how they express their thoughts, their ideas. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it became popular because Hollywood made it popular. Yeah, I, I, I can't even tell you the number of times I've seen uh, folks who, who proclaim to practice a certain belief say that they're the supreme. I'm the supreme or um, I, I knew a guy who, who was debating. He wanted to name his, his uh, shop. He had a shop uh, based on something with witchcraft related and he was going to go with the seven wonders. And oh, I love that song. Yeah. It's a great song, it, but it has nothing to do with witchcraft. Nothing. And, and, my, and my buddy who's a historian and whose wife is a legitimate, witch, was like, that's not real buddy that's a made-up thing which is fine like there's nothing wrong with you know naming yourself off pop culture but it certainly feels like it has it has a much more uh direct influence on a lot of folks current beliefs and what they're drawn to that i think we talk about openly very often yeah no and I, I agree spiritual capitalism at its finest um you yeah. know and that's that's a big thing right now as well i mean everyone's got a, their etsy shop and it drowns out a lot of those people that who actually practice you know and do things you know i see i don't know how many times i see these fire hazard candles on um etsy for deity candles and i'm like 
what's wrong with just a simple pillar candle? Like, do they really need that, you know, four pounds of rosemary that you stuffed in there that's dry and waiting to burst into flames? Like, you know, and when you have an original practicer who has a smaller shop, you know, who doesn't mass produce, it really gets drowned out. And it, it's, it sucks because, you know, those people are the ones with the best knowledge, usually. Yeah, you know, I'm of two minds of everything. Like, on the one hand, I feel like if not for the rise in popularity, many people who legitimately find solace in these practices may not have ever been exposed to them. It's very similar to how I feel about the the digital revolution in film, right? Digital opened the doors for many of us to, to get in, right? Yeah, and tore down the gates, and in some regards, uh, the rise of witchcraft and occultism and pop culture sort of opened the door for folks to get a handle on things. Um, that being said, this the society of the spectacle it rears its head in, in all avenues, and it feels like um, you're right. There's a, right we're at the phase right now where uh, it's very it's somewhat trendy, and there is a avenue to potentially make money or get acclaim or get um, notoriety based on your spiritual practices. And I think that's very addictive and alluring to people. And um, it's, it's a bit hard to navigate these days, I find, because for those people who are just seeking to have a, a spiritual practice to wade through the commercialism aspect of it, the, the Kardashian aspect of it, can be kind of exhausting to be frank oh no totally i i am the same way i feel that you know it's like if you look back at how paganism has evolved and how you know i mean literally it was with people that use things that were near their house it was very poor it was very you know um kitschy and you know use what you had available and now it's turned into this monster of you know you need this specific candle this gold plated scrying mirror whatever it is when essentially it's like you just need the basics <laughs> yeah absolutely I, I i was i heard some advice a while back that i i really like which is that you should be able to be dropped you know buck naked in the woods with with nothing and be able to do magic absolutely you know? i mean and that's and i think you know, that's where a people like to get way ahead of themselves with magic. They, um, they don't really understand the basics of how things work, um, or the principles behind them. So therefore like they get lost in the glitz and the glamor of it, I guess. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. I can absolutely, <laughs> I can absolutely see that. Uh, because, because I think there's, um, when you look again, I, I try, I try to remind myself that online doesn't represent the greater world sometimes to better success than others. But when if you look online and you sort of look at what passes for occultism these days, uh, it does feel like there's a race to become a teacher, leader, influencer, person of authority, you know? And, right. and again, I'm not against people making money doing magic because if you're passionate about anything and you can find a way to make money and you get to do what you're passionate about, Awesome. I'm all for that. But I also believe that you should not say that you're flying a 747 when you're barely learning to fly a Cessna. Exactly. I, <laughs> I just, you know, there's, and that's where the, like I was saying the the smaller creators always get drowned out because I, I look online and I see these larger names that are teachers and this, that, and the other. And it's the same filtered information that we constantly see, but that you see like the smaller creators who have, a broader look on things, I think. And they are, you know, they're pumping out better content, but because of the following of the larger creators, they get drowned out, unfortunately. 
what I think it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, which is that nuance isn't sellable. No, you know, it's not. It's not marketable. Like long conversations, paragraphs no. upon paragraphs. That's not. That's not really. It, it doesn't blend with our with our single serving society that we're in. You know, and so uh, why have why support a smaller creator who takes the time, who understands the basics, who's very obvious about where they're at in their journey, who shares their experience, uh, who's been doing it for a long time? Why do that and go through the, down that path when you can kind of follow the pop creator who's given Wikipedia level knowledge out there to the world, but it's easily snapshotted and uh, retweeted and you know gives you just enough information to, to talk semi intelligently at a party but not so much so that if you actually came across anyone with a deeper understanding that you'd be able to have an in-depth conversation no exactly um and i see that all the time i mean don't get me wrong there's there's some larger creators that i do follow that i feel like very knowledgeable and mm-hmm. i love their content love their i mean i bought their books i know that i i can trust them with being knowledgeable enough to convey that message. But then I feel like there's a lot of muck that you have to filter through as well online. So, you know, and I find that, so like today I tweeted something out about, um, what was it about occultism, but using the pulse of Denuri out of context. And that was, uh, that was spawned because I was just trolling around Twitter. Like I always do. And I was seeing people like referencing it and I'm like, this is not what that means at all, but go off. <laughs> like, you know, they, it, it, they use these buzzwords, like they hear them online, um, especially with certain religions or belief systems. And they just start tweeting about it just nonsensically. And I'm like, did you, do you even know what that is? Like how it, yeah. the, the context behind it. So, you know, you'll well, see me. That's what I always do. I always like, I see something and I just po- post some nonsense and there's always a reference to it. <laughs> Well, for those who, who maybe have seen that term used on Twitter, we could use this opportunity to sort of clear up some of the mis, misinformation surrounding it. Because you actually have, you know, you have, you're studying the foundations that a lot of these esoteric beliefs are built upon, which a, a good portion of it is taken from Jewish mysticism. Yeah. Right? So, so, so explain this term to everyone. What does it mean? What's its origin? What's it used for? <laughs> and how are people using it incorrectly? So the Pulse of Denari is a Kabbalistic curse, meaning the lashes of fire. So essentially you need, I would say more than one person to do it. It's, it's based around um, righteous Kabbalists um, basically calling upon angels to strip them of any form of like... Um, redemption from sin so they basically end up dying um a horrible death and it's been done on like a lot of israel uh politicians in israel i've seen Mm it um that was a huge thing um rabbis were pretty pissed (laughs) so you know that's the thing and they they don't understand that like the pulse of denarii if you look at it in the zohar is more of a kind of the best way to describe it is like a parent disciplining their child Mm -hmm. but the adult version but the person dies i guess would be the <laughs> the example so it is like a cobblest death curse but at the same time like the person doing the curse or the people doing the curse they can backfire and end up hurting you as well so it's not just like a one-way street right plus i again everyone's everyone's belief on this is different but i i certainly kind of feel like if you draw in that kind of negative energy into oneself before spitting it out so to speak 
uh, in some regards, it's like it's like drinking poison to spit it in someone's face. Oh, absolutely. Like you're bringing that energy into your, you know, if it's an eroding energy, you're bringing that into yourself and who knows what long-term impact it will have on, on you. Right. And it's like, I always look at things, um, especially cause I'm, I would say I am still a novice with Kabbalah and everything. I would very much say that, um, only because like for me, that was more of an ancestral veneration thing for me. Like my family was Jewish. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, um, in that Abrahamic faith. That was, you know, how, you know, my, my dad's side is, so it wasn't even like the maternal side, which it's supposedly supposed to come from, but my dad's side who I never knew. And I wanted to get to know him better because my mom never talked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it started to come from. And it's like, you know, remembering my grandparents or his parents and the times, you know, it was around Hanukkah, the mezuzah, the, you know, all the little things I never understood as being kind of occult or witchy. Mm-hmm. Um, now as an adult, I look at it and I'm like, y'all were witches. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, cause my grandparents had the mezuzah on their door and we would, you know, touch it before we went in and that's a protection spell for your house. Like it's right. literally supposed to be on your doors. Um, you know, to keep everyone safe. And I'm like, what's more witchy than that? Like, and I always find it funny because I see online, like people always bashing the Abrahamic religions, you know, whether it's Islam, Christian, Catholic, what it doesn't matter. They don't ever acknowledge the esoteric side of it or the witchier sides of things. And, you know, that's where I feel like my path kind of went towards because as I started to learn more, I was like, oh, wait a minute, this has been in my family for years. Mm hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think that most, I mean, I, I, again, I wasn't raised this way, but I, I did spend some time in my later teenage years sort of being part of a uh, Protestant, you know, non-secular, what is it, what's the term they use? Non-secular? Not, not, it's not no. non-secular, it's, it's non-denominational, thank you. Oh, there you non- go. <laughs> yeah, non-denominational church. I spent about four years in that at the at sort of end of my high school days. And um, so I can't say for certain that if you were raised, say, Church of Christ, that you would be able to, in later years, look back and recognize some of the more esoteric beliefs, the mystic beliefs that were incorporated into your upbringing. But as someone who's raised, who's raised Catholic, I absolutely can see that. You know, I mean, essentially, you're doing necromancy every time you go to mass. In some yes. sense, you're, like, you're, <laughs> you're eating and drinking the blood of a deity. So it's pretty dark if you if you just if you can remove if you take the specifics out of it and you called it anything else and showed it to like your average person, like they would think that was some sort of demon shit and it's just Catholicism or Christianity. Right. And and that's kind of like what led me to Kabbalah as well is, um, you know, it was kind of getting back into that Judea, um, Jewish sort of like aspect of my life, started to read more books on it. I found a couple creators online that I really, really liked. They were very smart. Mm -hmm. Um, Their content made sense. And, you know, it, it, it got me to open up more to, what there is possibly out there, you know, and that's what kind of led me to the Kabbalah, um, you know, connecting more with the divine as well as, you know, the more darker aspects as well in the the Klippot. You know, there's a lot of people don't recognize that, you know, we both have dualities. There's, you know, masculine, mm-hmm. feminine, you know, light, dark, there's, you know, there's all that. And if you, you know, you're constantly focusing on the light and you're ignoring the dark, the dark eventually will come out. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. You know, when I, as I learn more about the tarot, for example, uh, the 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 overabundance of 
division or duality, I guess is a better term, in the cards and every almost every card is really it's it's striking that so much of what this these teachings are trying to tell us is about balance. It's yeah. about evening and balancing equilibrium to bring us uh, the ability to sort of evolve. And, and I think that's sometimes, again, I don't want to spend a whole podcast being critical, but when I, when I just look at the landscape, I see when I see, it seems like there's so much extremism in every direction. When, yeah. if you look at the teachings, that's like, it's contradictory to what, what the teachings are trying to share with us, what knowledge they're trying to share with us to help ourselves grow and evolve and potentially change ourselves and thus the world around us. Oh, right. No, it's more looking in when everybody keeps trying to look out. Um, You know, it's like today I pulled the, the, the priestess card, Yeah. you know, and that was, you know, I do that for myself every morning. Like it's kind of just, let's see how my day is going to go. Mm-hmm. And it was just really funny pulling that card because her in essence represents the middle pillar. And you know, that, that whole situation was just like looking inwards, following your intuition, things like that. And, you know, it's like, I, I need to do more of that. I need to start following, you know, what's going on with me inside. Like, what do, how do I feel about things? And, you know, it was just kind of appropriate, especially for today, you know, coming on podcasts and things like that. Like definitely a lot of introspection while we're doing this. Sure. Yeah. And I, I would, I was, I would imagine that when we were talking a little bit about the, the sort of the criticism of the Abrahamic religions, receive that it's it's very much in the same vein as what we had talked about earlier amongst smaller esoteric groups right you denounce something so that you can prop up the thing that you're representing right. uh, but there's but there's still value like we talked about there's still value there perhaps where people may have gotten you know spiritual trauma from was the way it was taught to them or the restrictions placed on them or um you know we've all we all are quite aware of of how religion can be used to perpetuate uh, bias and bigotry and things yep. of that nature which is all legitimate because we all have experienced that on some level but we can also look back at that and tap into some certain elements that are can, can play a positive role in our life going forward with a deeper understanding Exactly. And I feel like, you know, we are coming into an age, and I hate using the term where we're more woke about things, but we're, I really I hate, that, I hate that word. I, I do, because here's the thing, though, is I feel like as people in general, I'm not saying our little niche Twitter social media community, like there's a lot of people that I, I mean, I go to a rabbi every week or so um whenever we have time and sit down and discuss things and stuff like that but it was it is the way that we're taught it is the way that you know people are starting to change like i i realize that some of our younger generation is going way far left that it's coming back around but you know if you look at as society as a whole and you look at some i guess out of my little twitter bubble i've noticed Mm -hmm. that you know some people are turning back towards a religion of some form, you know, and I feel like, especially with COVID and stuff, people have more time to start looking into things. So, well, that I would hundred percent agree with because even my sort of spiritual, well, my, my entry into ceremonial magic really began in earnest during the pandemic because I had time, you know, obviously if, if you listen to the podcast, I've tracked my sort of spiritual journey from Catholicism to Protestant religion, to learning about Buddhism, to nothing, to dabbling in some witchcraft and then eventually finding ceremonial magic. So it's really been a lifelong thing, but, but the current path that I'm on 
probably would not have started in the way that it did if I didn't have those three months where I could actually practice every day without distractions, where I could, you know, focus my attention on reading and learning and like trying to understand why this is rather than just replicating what I'd seen online or, or yeah. a video or what have you. Um, and, and I think you're right. I do think that as a society, we're, I mean, if you could, there's lots of articles that come out about the rise of, of, uh, alternative spiritual practices. Yeah. Non, non, non mainstream, but, but I, I think that there's a reason behind that. And I think that the reason is, is that for the, since the industrial revolution in particular, there has been this idea that consumerism and technology are going to satisfy us. They're yeah. going to satiate us. And I think that that has been proven to be false. In fact, I quite think it's the opposite. I think that consumerism and what I like to call glibly the, the church of mammon teaches us is to feel really, really terrible about ourselves. Really, really <laughs> awful. Uh, but by this thing, by these jeans, by this um, video game, by this whatever, laptop, phone, etc., build your little Patreon, build your little YouTube channel, build your TikTok, and then you will be happy. Then you will have all the, the existential dread within you will be erased once you just reach this, once you grab this certain brass ring. Oh. And, I, <laughs> and, I, and I feel like that is slowly but surely proving to be a lie and 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 then in yeah. that in in the absence of the, the truth uh and and what it, it falsely promised people are, are potentially returning to something that maybe at one point in their life did provide them happiness and it's not always religion because you know no. you could look at you could look at the cult of marvel or or the cult of wrestling of wwe for example yeah. and there are people who grown adults old adults old for me and i'm an old guy like who who are out there like uh what's the term standing standing yes. for childish things and again nothing wrong with that i've got toys all over the house but it, when it crosses into that obsessive unhealthy category oh, and and i liken it only because there may have been a time in their life before they had to handle the rigors of adulthood where Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or WWF or whatever, Spider-Man was like this amazing, uh, positive, comforting moment in their life when they were like five and life has sucked since then. And so now at 45, they're going to return to whatever they know. And, and sometimes it's products and sometimes it's religion. We burned ourselves out on uh, the electronic age. <laughs> like I feel like, you know, it's like I always I don't even talk about witch talk anymore it's so funny because like i've gotten so burnt out on that i've gotten so mm -hmm. burnt out on the word discourse i've gotten so burnt <laughs> out on you know uh follow this person unfollow this person because of xyz reason i'm like stop <laughs> like, i just i sometimes i just have to tune out and sometimes i'll just sit in my house and meditate and yeah. that you know that's been my my unplug and um yeah, I, I enjoy that more sometimes. I, I, I think it takes I, much. <laughs> I think it's necessary. I think we can only we can all only take so much. You know, it's a lot of silliness. Like, did you ever watch? <laughs> um, did you ever watch Monty Python's Holy Grail? Yes. <laughs> you know the scene where they're approaching Camelot and they're like, "Oh, we've got we've arrived at Camelot," and then it cuts to inside Camelot and it's like this yeah. ridiculous song and dance, and then cuts back to King Arthur. He's like, "On second thought, that's not. It's a very silly place." 
<laughs> like, <forget. It's> a, <laughs> yeah, online can be a very, very silly place filled it, with tomfoolery and uh, immaturity. And again, uh, folks sort of fighting for the scraps. And uh, if you don't unplug, even occasionally, you know, it can it can burn us out. And I mean, I think yeah. we've all gone through that. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I've, you know, I've talked to you a little bit about like off here, like about mental health and stuff like that. And, you know, I find, you know, meditation is probably my best form of trying to unwind, trying to Mm -hmm. prevent burnout, because sometimes I just need to unplug and just chill. And (laughs) that has been the best thing. Well, I remember when I guess it was last year, last summer, when, um, you know, Black Lives Matters was, uh, you know, doing protests and what have you. And George Floyd had just been killed. And and of course, like everyone else, like you're you, you feel compelled to to follow every information, every update, every take, every comment, you know, put your black square on this and, and all that. And um, I definitely got to a point where I was losing my mind, like legitimately going about to have a, a, a breakdown because it was just too much. It was too much. It, 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 it riled up within me too much of my own internal uh, issues with bigotry and systematic racism. Like I've been harassed by the police many, many times, luckily never to that extent, but still to, to enough of an extent where like, just by the virtue of what I looked like, I've been put in back of cop cars and arrested. No, yeah, that's fun. Uh, I've been there. uh, (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, 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 and and beyond what the internalized sort of trauma that gets revealed, then there's just a bombardment of pressure to like, how does one do the right thing? You know, and uh, you have to unplug. You have have to to unplug unplug sometimes. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I just I remember last summer, too. It was just very chaotic. And I, you know, I live in the Bay Area, so we were very heavy with riots and stuff like that. And, you know, I am very much. someone who believes you know in equality black lives matter like i am very much that but i feel like you know america just collapsed at that point and i could not take it i literally stayed in home i called out of work yeah. i was like i can't i can't i'm too too much <laughs> well because i think like we had talked about at the beginning you know um, that we're all we're tired as a society we're, <laughs> we're 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 beaten down and you know you had you had the trump presidency again that was for very many people uh you know traumatic in its own right and oh it still is to some people it's still yeah exactly you know then you had the pandemic had just started i mean that was in june so the pandemic had really started in march so we're just a few months in and we're all scared at the time and have no idea what's going to happen you know and then and then this this again look people of color being killed by police isn't a new thing but it was it, it you know when we're confronted with it, even though we know it occurs all the time, it just, it, it hurts a part of, of any person with any sort yeah. of humanity. And it, and it, it's, ang- it makes you angry and it makes you frustrated. And, you know, the culmination of all those things can just absolutely break someone, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and I also feel like part of it is, is that the over reliance on social media to fulfill what had been, essentially taken from us, right? The the interactivity that we normally had, the social the social circles that we normally had, like those things for the time being had been removed. And what replaced it, just like the Church of Mammon preaches, was mm-hmm. technology, right? In lieu of yeah. genuine human uh connection, 
get online and and which is not to say that you can't form those online i mean clearly we have yeah but but for a lot of folks it was just getting on and doom scrolling and then hot taking and then being angry and then like it just builds and builds and builds it's this is this, this perpetuating kinetic energy that at some point explodes yeah i love a good doom scroll um <laughs> i live uh <laughs> I do it all the time. Uh, no, it's, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I feel like we're in an age of like, instead of doing the mature thing about, you know, handling social situations and stuff like that, people are just getting on their keyboard warring and bouncing, you know, yeah. it, it's like sign petitions, you know, do things outside of going on Twitter and being like, you're a fascist with no context. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, fast- What's what's awesome I feel like is that as someone who followed politics for a long time, when I when I not so, I'm gonna sound like a jerk, but I don't care. Listen, as someone who's been following politics since he was thirteen or twelve years old, right? To hear most people's political takes is like is like watching someone uh read you know what, what was those books, the that book series like Keyboards for Dummies. Oh god, like, yeah, Mark- the dummy series. Yeah, the dummies. For dummies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marxism for dummies. Uh, oh, yes. uh, the, idiot, the idiot's guide to leftism. Uh, uh, cliff notes. Cliff notes. Communist for, cliff notes. <laughs> yeah, dust capital. It's it's about that level to me, and, I'm, and I just look back at it. I'm just like, God, just is. God, I hope I didn't sound like this much of an idiot when I was 20. You know, um, and I guess we all have to start somewhere. But when I was 20. But we did though in our twenties because I. I'm sure. <laughs> but we did, and we learned. <laughs> yeah, I. But you know what the difference I think is when we were twenty. That's what we were. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't think it was possible to be an expert when you were twenty back when we were twenty. No. That avenue didn't exist. I mean, maybe within our small circle of friends, right? Like my friend Christopher, who I've had on the podcast before. He's a brilliant guy, and he's a historian, and yep. um. You know, he was always the guy who knew the most. And then subsequently his brother also, they're, they're incredibly knowledgeable. They have their own podcast that focus on, on Marxism and they're incredibly knowledgeable. They've done activism. They've, they've, they've campaigned for labor strikes. Like they've done the work. Right. Right. And, and even then they have the smallest social media presence of anyone I know, and they're just doing their thing. And they're, at a point where they're even they are like, oh, this is, I can't deal with this and just log off because it's yeah. too much. It's just it, too much. It is too much. You know, and there's so many like wild takes out there that I'm like, where did this come from? Like, what are some of the wildest do you think? Oh gosh. Well, with the esoteric community or the political community, well, whatever. That's same these days. Let's well, let's just open the Lilith debate for one. I have yeah. never seen so many UPGs or unverified personal gnosis on a deity with so little information. You know, it's very much like some people look at her as a mommy figure. It's like, you know, God spousing her. I'm like, at no point is she ever put in a light where she is a nice person or loving mm-hmm. or caring or, you know, and I find that I, I mean, that's fine. If that's your gnosis of her, I guess, is great. Um, that is not something that I have ever seen. <laughs> um, sure. Politically, I think I was, you know, laughing about the, uh, oh, the QAnon uh, JFK. That's uh, great. That was so great. It was amazing. By the way, did you see the newest thing today? No, I didn't. 
Okay, so at the time that we're recording this podcast, which will be a week, I think, from Buenos Aires, a week prior, um, the newest QAnon thing is that some folks believed that John F. Kennedy Jr. is actually Keith Richards. That's hot. In hiding, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I guess. <laughs> but here's what I get. This is my favorite thing. So when I'm watching this JFK debacle, I will say, um, there's people that are in that crowd, like TikToking and videotaping and stuff like that, making them, but it looks like they're part of that crowd, only making the number look larger. I'm like, so who's really yeah. insane here? Like, yeah. you're well, filming I mean, them, but you're just giving them more numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another danger. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about with some of the, the lack of nuance online. If you have a bad take, that's one thing. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. You can't, you can't, you can't, stupid is as stupid does, but Mm-hmm. But like when we dogpile and we perpetuate it and we like amplify it, then in some regards, I think that we're kind of like the people at those places like TikToking and yeah. mocking. Like we're adding to something that might have otherwise gone unnoticed. And I, I know it's difficult sometimes because it just is. But I do think that that's part of the allure, I think, of of the drama that occurs sometimes is that it's that need to be a part of it. But perhaps we should consider if we're inadvertently amplifying the thing that drives us nuts in the first place. Right. I can't tell you how many times that, you know, people online have called people fascists with absolutely no context. There's no reasoning behind it. And I'm like, do you even know what fascism is? Um, You know, and I've seen people dogpile like innocent creators for no reason other than, you know, promoting something that they had no clue was bad or quote unquote, you know, whatever it was, you know, and that's, that's where I feel like, the internet is really failing because people just, they don't think for themselves anymore. They will literally, what is it? The lemmings. Remember the lemmings? Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't, I, I wonder often, like I've seen that, obviously, you know, my feelings on that. That's yeah. got, I'm pretty sure I've got at least two thirds of a cult Twitter block because of that very behavior, <laughs> um, which is bad for business. I guess if I was trying to make money doing this podcast, but I don't, so it's fine. Um, I think though that it's not sincere those dogpilings and that moral no. righteousness. I don't think it's sincere. I think it goes right back to what we're talking about. Like if you are trying to sell a product, right? Yeah. This is some, um, uh, who's the gentleman from, oh, I don't know if I should call him a gentleman, the, the, the figurehead from Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan. Um, oh, I forget the name. It was a good movie though. <laughs> it was a good movie. And you know, Jordan, the, the guy who it's based on, right? Yeah. If you create a need, you create the sale. Yeah. If I need a pencil, you'll be able to sell me a pencil. When I used to work in retail, we would often put the price tags uh, underneath the shoes so that you had to lift the shoe to look at the price. And at that point, it was already in your hand. And statistically, the moment it was in your hand, you then wanted it more likely, right? Yeah, we do that at my job all the time. Yeah. I work retail. (laughs) I worked at your job years and years ago when I was first getting into films. I know. I get it it's it's very much that you know you put it in their hand they're gonna want it uh, they yeah. don't you could put a dog turd in there and they'll be like oh this is cool just wrap it up nice right so if you but but if you can show someone that the alternative is worse yeah. i mean frankly let's look at the let's look at this we'll tie it back to politics like let's look at the election oh. i don't <laughs> know many people who think that joe biden is a good candidate i don't know many there are a few but there's not a lot, not in my circle of friends, right? But the alternative was a worse piece of dog shit. So yeah. 
it's like two dumpster fires. Which one do we pick? <laughs> right. Do we do we do we do we elect the uh, the probable potential rapist, biggest bigot, racist, uh, capitalist piece of shit who we've had for four years, Ugh. or do we elect the potential rapist, bigot, uh, capitalist piece of shit that was only the vice president? So we didn't really pay that much attention to him. And we haven't had him for four years. That was kind of our options in my regard. So so I feel like that same strategy applies online, right? Like no one gives a shit if some author was said some mean things, even uh, even contextual to their time 200 years ago. They don't care. These people aren't holding a flame for that moral injustice. Yeah, because let me tell you, Crowley was probably just as bad. And oh, people will not- stand that man. And I'm like, if you look at the time period, that man was probably just as bad. I mean, just the stories alone. Look, the good you take the good and the bad with everything, right? There's yeah. a lot of things you look at Crowley, who was a even even for the standards of his time, was a was a narcissistic piece of shit. And um He could throw a good party though. <laughs> he could throw a good yeah. And you had to get down. Hey. <laughs> you know? You know, and that and 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 that's why for me, I've always sort of separated the artists from the art because a lot of times folks who are, who produce works that we gravitate towards aren't always the best people in the world. No. And, and you know, I'm not a, I'm not an autograph seeker, so I don't give a shit. It's not my, I'm not looking to go bowling with these folks and I'm certainly not going to adhere to try to try to um place a standard of morality around someone who's been dead for a hundred years that's that's a ridiculous comment and i don't believe that most of these folks online do either but if the person they're attacking happens to be very popular on tiktok and maybe they're not as popular on tiktok or maybe they want to present themselves as the world's most renowned whatever supreme (laughs) yeah then then attack them with at home attacks and call them a fascist. My favorite is this: there's always like a there's like a uh, um, a script. You call someone a fascist. You say yeah. that they support known known abusers. That's always a good or known fascist. Always known. There was always like a known fascist or known abusers. Like I don't know. Who knows? Who knows this? Except for you. Right. It's like a script that people follow, and it's it's if you watch it enough. You can pick up on the repetition of it, and it it loses all meaning. Yeah, you're you're taking you're really taking the power out of a word that you know is it's a it's a, a very serious thing to call somebody sometimes that they use, you know, and you know people's reputations they're they could ruin their financial life over just a bad take. Are you, re- I mean, yeah, that's yeah. We I, talk- I, I, oh, go ahead. You just I was just gonna say just a conflicting take. Yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous. Like, and it and I've noticed too online, especially it's always the same group, well, <laughs> it's the same I, dog pile. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I I think a couple of things are at play here. Number one, I feel like you know shit attracts flies. I don't know a better way to say it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like if you're a type of person who who really. Uh, you, if your life is filled with a lot of chaos and and um, you have difficulty getting through your day and paying your bills and 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 um, you know ha- maintaining healthy relationships and what have you, if, you, if your life is in in uh, in the midst of a lot of chaos and 
someone is out there giving you some semblance of power and and to and the ability to damn someone's reputation is power yeah right? that is a so big egregore right there yeah so if someone is out there in the world whose life is going rough they're going through a rough patch or perhaps their their whole life has been a rough patch and they can cling to someone who presents to them this form of power hey if you join with my crew, we'll go be the scourge of evil on the internet and we'll kick out all the quote unquote known fascists and abusers and whatever, uh, who are basically just people who believe differently than us and who uh, maybe we want to siphon some of their followers. Then you can feel like one aspect of your life is controllable and, yeah. and, and something to be proud of. I remember one time I asked my mom, you know, we, I'm, I'm Latino and I asked my mom, why do, why did so many Latinos have like their last name on their car or last name on their tattooed on their back or their bellies? And my mom said, when you have nothing, sometimes all you have is your name. Yeah. And, and I kind of feel like this applies, right? If your life is in shambles, then you'll be drawn towards someone that gives you some semblance of something that's not a train wreck in your life. And so if you're noticing it's the same people over and over again, well, there's yeah. probably some commonality in the level of security and solidness in their lives. Yeah. And it's always like, I feel like online there's a, there's this like need to be original and uh, you know, a good person and socially conscious and this, that, and the other that, you know, it's, I, I remember tweeting something the other day about, you know, it's like, just because I don't tweet about every single uh, social cause out there does not mean that I, you know, condone that behavior. And that's literally because somebody had quote tweeted me um, about taking a shot at a, another creator who was, you know, appropriating something that they probably shouldn't have and is known. She's problematic. It's whatever. And it has nothing to do with the occult community either, but mm -hmm. it was, you know, just because I didn't call out some other person who was racist or something like I had no idea who this person was like that they were, you know, talking about at all. You know, it's like, it's, you know, you talk about like, Oh, you're a gay person. You must know every single gay. No, that's not <laughs> how that works. You know, it's yeah. like, just because I practice witchcraft doesn't mean I know all the witches. We're not on some sort of like, you know, group chat here. Um, I love that by the way. I love that <laughs> mentality. I had a, I did a show last year that they were like, Oh, we need you to hire diversity. And I said, cool. But you know, just because I'm a, I'm a person of color doesn't mean I know, I can't just ring up the, uh, the Hispanic chamber of commerce and talk to every Latino <laughs> works in the film industry i wish i could but i don't have that power that's like I, me. I, <laughs> yeah I, I keep missing the meetings you know it's like me being transgender it's like everybody always asks like oh do you know this person it's like no i don't i have no idea <laughs> could you imagine though could you imagine if we all like if we whatever our diverse profile was it somehow gave us access to everyone else who shared that diverse profile I would imagine. be mad because mine would be to Caitlyn Jenner and I'm just, I do not stand her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That's I'm good. good <laughs> no, I'm good. It's a bad representation. Um, <coughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that, you know, we're, we, we're touching on a, a, on a similar sort of emotion, a current that's running through this modern era, which is that we, we have as a society, come to the understanding that we've been sold a lie, that the oh. American dream is a lie, that, that, that no one is looking out for us, that the, we can't trust in our political leaders or, or authoritative leaders and, and traditional institutions. So we're turning to alternative 
um, sources of inspiration, which are turning out to be exactly like the mainstream versions, right? At least, you yep. know, welcome to the horseshoe. <laughs> horseshoe yeah, right back exactly. around. <laughs> and we're right back where we started. Exactly. And, and I think, I, I think that for me, a huge part of that hamster wheel, right. Is, is what we do to ourselves, how we change ourselves. And if we're not willing to change who we are, you know, uh, kill some ego, kill some of our old identities, like, you know, shed some of the bad habits that we have, then it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you belong to a, a, a more mainstream Jewish sect or, or Muslim or, or whatever, or atheists. It doesn't matter because if you just go and find that same sentiment in darker circles and shadowy corners, you're just going to perpetuate the same behavior. You'll just yeah. bring it over. Right. And that's exactly. what we're seeing a lot of. Yeah, and it's like, and it goes around with, you know, it's like you are who you run with. And it's like, I really try to keep like my circle of people diverse. You know, I have everybody like, I don't think that I have like one person that thinks 100% like me. You know, yeah. I really appreciate more diverse, like I will have, you know, good arguments and um, conversation online all the time. I mean, like, well, now thanks to you, my whole Twitter feed is wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and some, but I also gained a lot of uh, really great uh, creators too, that you've had on the show and I really appreciate their content. And it's like through that diversity you know, I've learned to look at more things in my life and change how I view things or think. I'm like, oh, you know, that person had this take. It does make sense. Let me dive a little deeper into it, you know? And I think that's where we're getting lost. And it's when I see online, it's like the same people doing those follow Fridays. It's always the same people. You know, you're yeah. always, I try to include people, you know, that are my friends, that I may enjoy their content, or, you know, I feel like they'd be a good inspiration for whatever's going on that day. You know, and I, it's always that same, like, follow Friday, everybody's, it's all the same list. I'm like, great, you're your own pep team. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, and, and, it's, and look, there's value in that, of course. Yeah. Like, there's, there's value in that. But I but I also think you're right, again, because there this is no nuanced November, I, I do believe that a lot of these folks are just running in clicks. It's just a high school, it's just a recreation of high school. And uh, it's a bummer, too, because, like, on my last podcast, I was talking about how when I was previously married in my first marriage, uh, the the group of friends I ran with were mostly like jujitsu guys and MMA guys, right? And um, and and you know, my wife's my 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 ex wife is not really was not really or is not really into goth culture, or really art culture or anything like that, right? Um, and there was a part of myself that felt very snuffed out in order to belong, in order to not be a sort of a pariah within my own circle. And uh, when that marriage ended and subsequently many of those friendships ended and I moved on to my current wife, who, as you know, is much more aligned with my taste. Hey, she um, is amazing. I love her. <laughs> absolutely. She And she puts up with my shit, uh, especially last night when I was way too high. And, um, <laughs> And, and I, I feel like I'm able to be myself and myself is very, it's a mixed bag of stuff I like. I mean, yeah. there's this app that you can kind of, uh, you, you connect your Spotify to, I'm sure they stole all your information. Um, you connect your Spotify to, and it gives you a, it looks like a receipt 
of purchased items, but it's like yeah. your biggest songs from the last like whatever. And like if you look at my receipt of music, it's like I got bands like death rock bands like Grave Pleasures. I've got bands like Behemoth. I got the Eagles on there. Yes. I got like, uh, I don't know. I'm all over the place because that is who I am authentically. I'm a guy who likes horror movies and metal and goth, but I also like classic rock and the Simpsons and magic and wrestling and MMA and hockey and whatever else, you know, like I, I can fit into any one of those groups, Yeah, but I, I would feel at this point in my life, I would feel again snuffed out if i wholeheartedly only went into any one of these groups like if i denied myself that i can simultaneously like texas chainsaw massacre and the simpsons or invader zim or yes. <laughs> whatever uh, uh dragula you know i i the sopranos like i don't i can't think of two more opposite shows than sopranos and dragula but i'll watch them in the same day because that's that's who I am. And so uh, when you're diverse like that, going back to diversity, when you're diverse with your interests, it's kind of hard to fit in with that same group that only kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Like you're, you're not going to fit in well, which then kind of puts you in a outsider category, which frankly speaking, I'm totally comfortable being in. No, totally same. I mean, I grew up, you know, I was the goth kid. Then I went through this, like, random hybrid goth raver. I don't remember if you like, remember the black Jinko jeans with the bonnet oh, straps on the back. Yeah, that was me. We're, <laughs> close, in age. We're, we're close in age, right? Or, yeah, we are. Remember. We're a couple years. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I remember that. And, I never yeah. had Jinkos. That was... That was not my thing, but I, but Corpus Christi, where I was raised, definitely was Jinko Capital. Right. No, I had all that. And, you know, like the big stacked boots. I, well, I still have those. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I still, you know, I hold on to some of that because it was good times, but I never really fit into a group. I mean, I went to high school in a very small um, rural town, I should say, down in San mm-hmm. Diego. And um, shout out Ramona. Um, (laughs) They, you know, it was very much like I, there was no goth kids. There was no culture. There was no, you know, and I was born in LA. So I was exposed to a lot of different cultures, you know, already. So I come there with all this and they're like, what is that? You know, I wore makeup in high school. This was unheard of in that time. Um, (laughs) We'll just say. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, at that time, I was, you know, also gay, identify, you know, this was like freshman year. So, you know, I never fit into one group, you know, and then I was in band for a while. Um, yeah. And that's just a own group. Which, you know, yes, <laughs> marching band, and then I did jazz band. Um, but it was like, it was always fun because, you know, I could kind of traverse through the different groups and kind of see what's going on. I do that online, too. Like, there's so many different people that I, I follow that have great content they have you know i don't get me wrong if i'm following somebody i like them if i if i'm not mm-hmm. following them yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's like that's where i find like i enjoy my friends like i i ran into you there's a few people you know your wife is amazing you could you are completely different in so many aspects but some ways some ways she's like, she's like way more metal than me that's what people don't get like like she's like, have you seen that meme that's gone around that has uh, Jennifer Connelly from Labyrinth and that big furry dude? And it's like yeah. goth girls and their metal boyfriends. It's the yeah, except, <laughs> except she's way more metal than me by far. Way I by see far. It. I could see it. Yeah. I'm over yeah. here listening to the Eagles and she's got on like 
behemoth or or goat whore or something like that. I love that. I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, but I I've, I've I think you you did a blog. It was you that did the blog about finding friends online and um you know, you can, you can find that diverse group. You know, I found you, found your wife. There's a few people that I've really enjoyed um, meeting and getting to know. Um, and I think that's what makes, you know, whether it's spirituality or just a life in general, like the diversity is uh, what really um, makes things a lot better. I should say. I agree. I, I agree. And frankly speaking, like we've ragged on the internet quite a bit on this podcast, but the truth of the matter is it's going to exist on the internet. Our friendship began on the internet. Yeah. It's not really, I mean, look, there are, there are inherently built in dangers in the technology that we've created, but it's it, again, this is what I was saying earlier. Like it comes down to how we are. So yeah. if we're seeking validations by being part of a group or a herd or a click, that's on us. That's not on the internet. That's on us, you know, and, and, and conversely, if we're people who uh, indulge every random interest that we have and we're very open about who we are and we're, we allow ourselves the ability to be and have diverse interests, then you're probably going to be open to meeting people who aren't exactly like you. But, th- but, th- but if you form a friendship, it will be based on a genuine connection, not Oh, well, I want to be famous on uh, TikTok or YouTube. I want to be the world's most well-known Thelemite or or chaos magician or whatever. And so I'm going to follow you because of like no, 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 none of that shit matters. Yeah. Like either you form a genuine friendship or you don't. And frankly, that same attitude happens online, uh, offline, right? That yeah. you, we see it at the clubs, right? We see it at uh, the mall. You go, you know, like all that, all that stuff. We my group of friends used to call normie behavior. Yeah. And then, like, the alternative world replicates it all the same. And probably, probably frankly, always has. Yeah. Right? It, I mean, it's literally, it's, it's you know, same shit. <laughs> Either way. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like, I that's, for me, I always, val- you know, value others. And, like, I really take a look at how they are as a person. Like, I feel like I kind of, like, sometimes, especially if my friends, I will, like, cyberstalk. And I will, and I would say that. <laughs> but I will, like, go through to make sure that, you know, is this person, you know, someone that, they're different and but yet there's value to it there's definitely like everybody i know has value to me um and that's really where you try to i feel online you get so bombarded with stuff you know when you're filtering it out it's like at some point i'm like okay cool (laughs) whatever we could yeah, I I'm I wish I had that level of discernment. I I tend to really like people right off the bat, and then get really disappointed. Like I I wish that I had a better filter. I just for as, as much of a congregion as I am, and I am, and I'm sure everyone thinks online I'm a grumpy person, and I am. Like I I am fairly positive. I'm a fairly positive. I'm a fairly optimistic person. And when I meet people, I tend to be like, yeah, you're rad. And then what they tend not to be rad. And then it sucks. And you're like, damn it. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> it might take, yeah, it takes me a little bit longer to curate, you know, a group, a group circle, a group dynamic, just because it, it takes time. And frankly, I think it generally does take time to get to know people, to know if they're like, you know, again, to your point, they can be different, but yeah. it can, but, but that can provide value yeah. or they can be different and it can, it can provide you chaos and and trauma and not trauma but chaos and trauma uh, disruption <laughs> and maybe trauma yeah <laughs> maybe trauma yeah i so. yeah no and it's like with the, i i maybe it's because uh you know 
I would say as an Aries, that's usually, you know, I'm either hot or cold. Either I like people or I don't. Yeah. Um, but generally, I do try to find the good in people, even when it's very, very hard. Um, but I, I generally do try to find the good in people. And it's like, even with my incoherent ramblings and, you know, shit posting online, it's, you know, it's all for fun that's, for me. That's part of the charm, though. Incoherent rambling and shit posting. Like I'm doing now. I mean, makes, <laughs> makes, yeah, that's what this is. Um, that's why you like, that's why I like my wife so much. You're both Aries. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Pisces, so which is cool. I love Pisces. Pisces are fun. Um, one of my best friends at work is a Pisces. Um, shout out to her. She <laughs> is very um, she's very Piscean. <laughs> very, nice. you know. But it's like you learn to navigate. Like, and I always look at people. You know, they're like, oh, I'm this sign or that sign. I'm like, I really don't. You know, I don't really try to see that specific person as their sign. They, you know. But with you, yeah, you're Pisces, man. I, 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 yeah, very much so. But, but I also, I, you know, again, going into my foray into ceremonial magic, you know, when I do my LBRP or, or LIRP, I do very much try to balance my energy, yeah. like as much as possible. Cause I have a lot of that water energy innate in me, especially when I was younger. And, and honestly, even now I just, I think I've gotten better at hiding it. I know there's not a, such a thing as a, as cusps no. really. No, <laughs> um, but I am. I would be considered a cusperies, and I, it's funny that most people who meet me, especially they meet me within a work dynamic, mm-hmm. think that I'm a fire sign, and I'm not. I'm very much a water sign. But I think I put a good front up because of as a sort of a protection, you know, uh, mechanism. But if you get to know me long enough, you'll realize that I'm constantly imagining <laughs> things. I had a very ugly cry the other day watching a movie. Emotional. Like I am, <laughs> I'm very emotional. I'm very much a dreamer. Like I have very, which which also helps me because I have I have a very visual uh, learning style, and I I have very strong, very detailed visuals and dreams. So sometimes, so all those things that used to be kind of a hindrance when I was younger, or or certainly like people would give me a hard time for, have served me as a magician down the line. Yeah, you know, and like like with the balancing, like you looking at everyone's astrological chart. I just had mine done. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, it's, you're more than just your rising or your sun sign, you know? Yeah. So there's definitely like with me, I have a lot of water and fire. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, I always say I have the Scorpio stellium, which I mean, and it's all in the planets of like destruction and anger and war. And it's like, yeah. I'm like, damn it. Choose violence. <laughs> yeah. Every time, every time. I, I, I know people won't see this, but I've just noticed that it appears that your jumper has trim that says leave me alone am i reading that right it does yeah perfect <laughs> as as the as we were talking about just now it, it does it it definitely does my um no my friend does has a clothing line um and i ended up getting this hoodie from them i have a lot of friends that do amazing things which is great um that's that's the cool part, right? Yes. That's kind of what the nexus of this podcast was. I have done other podcasts. I did a I did a political podcast with my friends I mentioned earlier who now have the Regrettable Century podcast. I did a, a movie podcast. I did a podcast briefly with Jess. And when I came to this one, I was like, I am so grateful and fortunate to know so many cool creative people. Yeah. And if I could just chat with them, like we would chat normally, then then other people will realize how cool these people are too. And 
And that's pretty rad, right? Like, what more yeah. could you ask? It's the authenticity for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, try. Um, when you got, you know, you you talked about sort of diving into Jewish mysticism in a way of sort of connecting with your heritage, especially heritage you didn't really grow up with, reconnecting with that. I feel like I'm kind of in a similar place, reconnecting with some of my more indigenous roots that I didn't really experience, you know, celebrating Dia de los Muertos and, 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 and inviting my ancestors in to my practice. Um, but chaos magic, yes. which, which came first, the, the coyote or the Jewish mysticism, I would chicken say, or the egg, <laughs> the chicken or the egg. Uh, so I would say the chaos magic came first. So here's my spiritual journey and you'll, I, you might get a kick out of this. So I feel like um, I originally, I, I kind of pushed away the Judaism and any form of like Abrahamic anything in my high school years and started looking more into Luciferian uh, Satanism and which was kind of, you know, it was, it was cool until I realized the amount of misogyny that was in that kind of circle at the time. And um, I started getting into Crowley. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the gateway drug for everybody. Yeah. You He's know. a Che Guevara of, of magic. Right. Just like shit. Just like Che Guevara is the Astro Crowley of uh, leftism. Yes. And so I started getting into that, looking at the Golden Dawn, their work. Uh, you know, I came back to Twitter. I, I got banned after. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm on my second Twitter account. My first Twitter account was uh, due to, t- thanks, shout out Tommy Lauren, uh, got me banned, which was great. So mm. <laughs> now I'm on my second. And I started looking more into like the... Uh, I would say to Kenneth Grant. Um, so mm-hmm. I went from Crowley to Grant and to Phil Hine. And um, they kind of follow like Grant was a prodigy of Crowley. You know, they they work together and whatnot. And I really enjoy their kind of like take on things and how, um, you know, I basically tell people like with the Golden Dawn too, they they took a, a simple, I think, what's, I don't know what ritual it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but they substituted it with like H.G. Wells uh, deities, hmm. something like a famous story. Yeah. Um, and they found out that the ritual still worked, even hmm. with um, kind of substituting those deities. And I find that, you know, learning those basics and being able to kind of tweak them into your own sort of practice. And I know another practitioner who does LBRP, but I believe it's with uh, Norse God. I think it's the Morgan and stuff like Like instead of calling angels, she's, you know, they're calling the. Um, Though that sort of pantheon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so which is very interesting, and that's kind of like what got me into chaos too, is how you know you kind of learn the basics of everything and make sure you've mastered that before you move on to starting to tweak things or change things around. Um, and then that kind of led into like digital magic as well. So as far as like technomancy and things like that, mm-hmm. like because for me, like magic is all based on energy. Um, you know, you're, you're working with energy, whether it's specific deity energy or, you know, your own, whatever it is, it's like, it's all kind of like based in physics, I would say, um, which kind of goes into like Phil Hine. And then I have another author that I like to read. Um, Calist- I think it's, Oh God, I can never pronounce her name. It's like Calliog. Some Italian name is Calliostra or Calliostra or something okay. like that. She is a, necromancer and she works with blood magic but she explains how blood magic has like the specific metals into it and can draw or repel instead mm-hmm. of um you know just kind of being the spooky thing so right. i mean that's kind of where that got into and then the kabbalah and the jewish mysticism came after that with 
just kind of like researching and getting into like where I came from as a human being, like where like my father's side and stuff like that. And then um, I don't know, I guess you call it synchronicity of like just thinking, you know, being at home because of COVID thinking of things. I'm like, well, that makes sense why we had a mezuzah on the door. We had, um, you know, just like the menorah. There's um, the stories of the golem and stuff like that. You learn as a child. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my journey as far as where I came from. That makes sense. And and honestly, like the thing with, with chaos magic and so the swapping of entities. And, and again, that's why I, I chuckle when folks try to present their way as the way capital T capital W T M yeah. is that again, everyone's different, but my perspective is that we're all, like you mentioned, tapping into energy sources and certain energy sources have what I would consider egregores attached to them. Yep. And you can draw on that. Right. So I invoke, angels and archangels because it's uh, familiar to me and because I can easily visualize it. And because it's something I very have a deeper understanding of based on my upbringing. And therefore, and I also recognize that there is, you know, a couple of centuries worth of a few centuries worth of, of egregore energy around yeah. these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, some people swap those angels out, like you said, for Nordic pantheon or uh sumerian pantheon or whatever it may be yeah and it can still work because you're just tapping into energy sources so while i guess it's conceivable that you could use the ninja turtles uh in place of the four elemental angels so go ahead so what's really funny about that is uh, actually phil hein there i believe it's in one of his i think last book where you can actually invoke the uh the spirit of one of the marx brothers (laughs) <laughs> so i mean literally you could tap into any type of energy that you're looking for and i feel like yeah you absolutely can i mean if you want to do a ninja turtle go for it um, but but keep in mind that you're tapping into an egregore yeah. and i think it's it's important to know that if you're gonna get if you're gonna get froggy with your invocations uh be mindful where they're coming from because to like your point earlier about lith right yeah you've got to be really careful about those things because especially stuff that hasn't traditionally had a, a current of yeah. energy going through it. Like let's say a Marx brother or something. I would invoke Carl's that'd be my Marx, but I think it was um, Harbo. I think that was the, yeah. the reference. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to invoke Carl Marx in all four corners and see what happens. Oh Fuck God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but um, you just gotta be, you just gotta be mindful of where that energy is. Like I, I did a class on that. We were playing with the Thoth deck for a while. And um, the person who was leading the, you know, being the sort of curator of the class would often say like, you know, there is a train of thought that believes that you're the creators of certain decks, pieces of art, etc. Yeah. carry an energy that will, that current will exist and it doesn't make it bad. It just makes it mindful. So sometimes yeah. like in my experience working with the Thoth deck is that it can be very blunt yeah, and it can be very spicy and, um, I used to pull an angel card after pulling my standard three, three card pull from the Thoth deck just to balance out the energy a little bit. Because again, for my, my feeling of it was it gets a little saucy, you know, it's a little mischievous, whereas different energy feels different for me. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I personally, my Thoth deck just sits there because it's very mean. (laughs) <laughs> every time i pull a card from that it, it's just telling me you know i need to do you know change this do this and i'm like okay well um <laughs> cool 
cool. Um, but, you know, it's like you find decks that work. I have decks specifically for deities as well. You know, there's... Um, I use the Marigold deck for, like, if I want to sort of read in from, like, the Lilith energy, for example. Um, you know, and I use that energy more based on, like... So here's the thing, and I'm going to, like, with Lilith, and I've noticed that there's so much stuff about her. Like, she did come pre... She's pre-Judaic. I will... Mm-hmm. That is true. She's very much... But it was more of, like, a group of demons called the Lilith that would, mm-hmm. you know, devour men, babies, whatever. And then she became part of the Jewish creation story, you know, mm-hmm. as far as Adam and Adam and Lilith and then Lilith leaving. We've heard the story a thousand times, you know, but at, at no time, like that story, was she ever really a good person, you know, but at the yeah. same time, the Jew, the Judaic faith, uh, kind of blossom into this cult of Lilith, um, way long time ago. I can't even remember which century it was, but it was a cult. Um, as far as the Judea- Judaic belief. I always have to preface that because you'll always get those people, well, this is da-da-da-da-da, you know, okay, going back yeah. to this. You know, and it's it always gets into that um, sort of drama. And then, you know, but she didn't really become like a, a figure of female empowerment until like 1970. Mm. So that's where I feel like, I see it all online. Like a lot of people who are, who work with Lilith and stuff like that, that's their thing. They want that female empowerment, what it boils down to. Because nobody's going to burst into a fucking, you know, cloud of bats and start eating babies and whatnot. You know? Too bad. I know, right? (laughs) But, I mean, if that's the thing, like, just say that. Like, you're looking for an egregore of female empowerment because that's exactly what it's turned into. You know, right, and and it will have that. There's that's authentic. I mean, yeah. if since the 1970s, and and I think generally you could apply that to witchcraft as well. Witchcraft, although the modern strain of it was started by a, a dude, uh, has sort of become symbolic for female empowerment, and um, that energy is put into that. So whether or not, regardless of its origin, you, you can't div- you can't inherently divorce yourself of that. No. You know, I think it's really where the I think where it gets cringy is when um someone undertakes like let's say a lilith as their deity that they work with because they want to tap into that like uh girl boss energy or whatever yes girl and, boss. <laughs> and and that's cool but then but then they can but then in order to justify that that's the reason they have to fabricate a history around it yeah in order to like you know rather than saying lilith was this is the history of lilith but since this time period she has stood for this symbolic figure and this is the energy I want to tap into and I want to bring into my life and I want to exude. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. Right. But it's like, we have to, we have to like, we, again, it's, it's that, it's that need to be an authority figure. We've got to go back and like relook at history, like revise history, recon it yeah. to justify our, our current usage of something. Yeah. And it's, it's just funny to me. Like I, you know, cause I have literally looked into the whole, you know, a lot of Jewish people don't see her as, you know, that female empowerment. She's very difficult to work with. That's their UPG. She's very difficult mm-hmm. to work with. You know, she's unpredictable. There's that type of energy, which I can agree with. You know, there's there's that unpredictability about her because, I mean, she did not want to be subservient to anyone. You know, that yeah. was that's kind of the thing. Like, but people don't understand that whether you're if you're starting to go into that route, you're going more into the Jewish version of her mm-hmm. which 
you know, in essence, like, there's a lot of closed, and I, oh, I hate that word, it's so burnt out online. There's a lot of closed <laughs> practice, you know, rituals with her, and there's a lot of closed practice, you know, just as being a Jewish person, like, you can convert, there's absolutely that, because you can't just say Jew- Judaism is closed, because it, right. it, it is, and it's not, because if you look at Catholic, the religion, you know, you have to be baptized, this, that, and the other, I mean, it's an initiation, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, yes, they they are closed. There is a way to convert, and that's fine. But if you do the right steps, then great, you know. And yeah, it's I, would, all... I mean, I I would argue that if if there are steps to convert, then it's not closed. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's like it's to me it's strange. But I highly recommend though, if people want to learn more about Jewish mysticism as well, um, the Twitter handle Jewwitches. I know it's a, such mm-hmm. a they are wealth of information as far as like Jew- Jewish mysticism and things like that. I usually repost their stuff every once in a while because like they do a lot of good work as far as like dispelling myths and things like that. Um and kind of getting more into like the traditional Jewish witchcraft, I would say. Yeah. I think that's important. I really do. I think that so much of what we've covered today, you know, where the where where it gets you know, we're taking pot shots at some of the more ridiculousness of what exists online and in the world, yeah. but, but but it really all boils down to that it only exists in its cringiest form because people have, in some instances, either exploited certain beliefs for their own personal gain for capitalism, essentially, or uh, they've they've willfully ignored the history or reconned the history in their own mind to justify current modern day behaviors right and i do think that that gets real dangerous not look if you want to do that that's your own issue but when what happens is that when you then take something and you perpetuate misinformation right and you perpetuate it as uh again the way tm or the truth tm instead of this is my experience this is my you know like there's a way to there's a way to um to, to pose the viewpoint so that it either is presented as the absolute truth. I'm the best person ever, or this is just my personal belief. Take it or leave it. I think that you can, you know, like as things go on, if we allow, if, if, if all this misinformation without context is allowed to be perpetuated in a generation, it will just become truth. And then we'll lose something and potentially we'll be working with energies that uh, we maybe need a warning label on. Thus we have a new egregore. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're literally exactly. at this point, like they've they've completely retconned a lot of things that, you know, if you look back on history, like prior to, you know, the Internet age, um, you know, they've retconned things so much that it's really become its own egregore. So like when I see online, like I, I really don't care what people practice online. That's their practice. I go them. Um, but I do feel like if you're a creator as well, like there's a responsibility of at least saying that this is my UPG, you know, this is my, this is my knowledge of how I've worked with this and this is what worked. This is what didn't, it may be different for you. Um, And being, you know, kind of respectful too. you know, I see all the time, like people posting things about uh, questionable um, practice or whatever. And, you know, I feel like that they are being irresponsible by not telling them, about you know well, that's their upg yeah well not only that i think that you, you brought up a good point when you're in, in i i think if i like to not only pose uh criticisms but also 
offer some semblance of suggestion or perspective. And I feel like we as a society need to spend much less time worrying about what other people are doing, especially when it comes to their spiritual practice. I strongly believe that you can't put God in a box. No. You know, <laughs> and and to and and that's why I keep railing on this idea that I see so many times these folks that are sort of like, oh no, 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 I am the right, I'm the real teacher. I am the one who will teach you the way, you know, like that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. It's 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 ludicrous because you're talking about God. You're literally talking about the universe, the divine, like the spark that is in every living thing. Whether it's God, and Yahweh, Hashem, Babylon, whatever, however you look at it. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, you know, like the arrogance that would be attached to saying that my way is the only way is absurd. As well as the fact that you, your beliefs, I've seen every type of belief work, every single type of work, right? Yeah. You know, we, we kind of made fun. Yeah, we kind of made fun of. Yeah, we kind of made fun of Thelema earlier, but like, not really, because you look at Lon Milo Duquette. Yeah, he's like the chillest dude ever, and he's wicked smart, and he's peaceful, and you know, and and and, and chaos. Look at Grant Morrison; he's had success yeah. in that. And he's probably the most well-known chaos magician, yeah. in pop culture, and you know. Every, I mean, Christianity too. Like I've known folks that are Christian that are fucking happy as a clam, you know, and their life is peaceful and, and solid and they have good relationships with people and they're not burning bridges left and right. And they're not inviting disruption. Right. Any spiritual faith can pose positive, a positive impact in your life. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really important though, to just know what you're tapping into or potentially creating, because like you mentioned with Lilith, it's very possible that the Lilith that modern day folks are worshiping is not the Jewish Lilith in a way. That no. it's a completely different egregore that has taken aspects of maybe her perceived personality and formed something completely new and younger and uh, therefore maybe potentially more volatile. Yeah. And, you you know, it's I'm all I'm all for like servitors, egregores, things like that. Like if you you know, need to create something for a need or a want. There's absolutely um, a time and a place for that. But it, it it gets to the point, though, you're erasing that Jewish uh, part of it, you know. Mm. And when you erase that, you're erasing a lot of history. And it, it verges on the, the, the precipice of, like, anti-Semitism at the same time. So yeah. that... It's a whitewashing, right? You're very much whitewashing it. And... um I, I see a lot of that online and then they'll be like, don't do this because it's a closed practice. It's an ATR. It's this, you know, and those are very much closed practices and those are very much like heavily um, kept secret. But I mean, it's like, I feel like, especially with Judaism, there's been a lot throughout the years. I mean, the Holocaust alone was probably the, the worst thing ever. I mean, we have Ashkenazi people who can't even get like bone marrow transplant because there's not enough of them for a match. You know, mm-hmm. and here we have people online who are talking about a, a deity, you know, who is part of the Jewish faith um, as well. And they're just erasing her. You know, they're just they're turning it into something completely different when, um, you know, and they're trying to be socially woke. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think <laughs> that that's true. I mean, because, again, again, there's no there's no desire for nuance there's no desire no. for a deeper understanding of the history i i remember when i was in uni i had a i went to a christian college my first year church of christ Ooh, up in fun. abilene 
He wasn't at all. <laughs> you all know. No, uh, I, I'm pretty sure for a little while after that, I was definitely agnostic. It's not bordering <laughs> my atheist. Um, but in spite of the fact that I was one of the few brown people there, not on a sports scholarship, um, I and it was it, it was socially it was a bad experience. But I I noticed that there was a um, there was one class that I took that the instructor worked really hard to add historical context to what we were saying so for example like he'd be teaching about the ideas of heaven and hell and he would talk about how it, outside of jerusalem i believe and i might get this wrong it's been a number of years um that there was a a valley that was used for trash decomposing and mm-hmm. it was a, a it was a valley that was constantly aflame right but 24 hours a day was on fire because yeah how else do you dispose of trash back then and so if you're trying to explain to some poor farmers that are illiterate that 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 don't have a deeper sense of history that are kind of spending their days in and out toiling in the fields and don't have time for education in those days and you're trying to describe something that is conceptually not of this world literally you use imagery that they can relate to that can right. understand and who would not understand that hey you know that big giant pit of fire outside the city that's what hell is right yeah and so understanding those more historical aspects should in fact deepen your understanding of it instead of erasing it and um doesn't mean that you can't worship the lilith of the 70s you know the the girl boss lilith but it just means that you should go into it understanding what you're doing because again you're tapping into energy that could be volatile dangerous harmful have unexpected results etc and if you don't allow yourself to understand the, the the you know there's a reason why the term the devil and the details exist yeah i think that i think that that gets lost because it doesn't fit into 140 characters and it's not easy to slap on a sticker or or make a cool instagram name from it and uh it's certainly hard to make memes with that level of nuance and so yeah. it gets erased and with that like you said the historical the um uh the ethnic identity and, and, and the like can kind of also be erased and get ignored and forgotten about, you know, and I feel I also, I, you know, I don't understand where a lot of people get their UPG from or their, their history from, because it's like in the Bible, she's mentioned as a screech owl, you know, in the Torah, she's only mentioned, I think a couple times. Um, one is like, she's carrying off the seed of man. Um, mm in the light or during a new moon, which is like my favorite time. Um, You know, so she's very limited as far as like the information that we're given. And we're basically going off unfettered UPG, you know, and I just, I feel like my hopes would be that I don't care. Like the version you are um, worshiping, just make sure that you're culturally correct, you know, because if it's the Sumerian or Mesopotamian version, say that like, you know, yeah, but it, it leaves like there's no nuance when people are posting things. They're just like, here's Lilith. I, there's my mommy, you know. Well, and I think, again, I don't want to I, I think there's our, our, our friend Aura did a really good blog post on the importance of pop culture uh, as it relates to, to spirituality. So yes. I don't want I want to be really careful. I don't 
go into a world where I'm being hypercritical of that. But I do think that a lot of people's, and again, we kind of alluded to this at the beginning, a lot of people's introduction to many of these things does come from pop culture. It does come from Sabrina, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. It does come from American Horror Story. Yeah. It does come from uh, you Marvel. Know, bad, <laughs> yeah, Marvel, bad horror movies, right? Like lots of the the ideas that people have about certain spiritual figures comes from some writer who was just writing a, a, a story and didn't, didn't care about the nuance because it wasn't relevant to their script. And then over time people latched on. It's like, it's like people's fascination with Loki these days. Yeah. want to fuck Tom Hiddleston and they conflate that with the Loki of Nordic or, you know, or Thor for that matter. I stand total Tom Hiddleston. That's my, that's my new egregore. <laughs> have you, have you, have you uh, listened to him reading poetry? No, I haven't. Is it good? You go YouTube that. Like I will. YouTube. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston reads poetry. It's fantastic. Oh, I will. oh, you gave me something to do today. Um, Man has a beautiful voice. Yeah, I mean, I in pop culture, absolutely. Yes, she did write a really good article on that. Um, so I, I really feel like <laughs> pop culture has played a huge part in um, how we perceive things um, and get our UPG from because even in the back of our minds, like I get it that deities will always present themselves differently depending on, you know, who you are, your mental state, you know, things like that. Like they're always going to present themselves differently, but at the same time, like there is a, there is a nuance of, you know, what, what their background is, you know, you're not going to go and say, Oh, well, you know, Zeus is my God spouse and he is the God of, uh, I don't know, microphones. Fidelity. Yeah. Fidelity. Yeah. There you go. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He is the God of fidelity. Um, You know, when in fact we know just through historical writings and, you know, things like that. And then just even like oral tradition, um, that would be incorrect. (laughs) You know, you're not going to go around and say Lilith is this loving person, you know, who, you know, takes care of me when in fact, like, no, she's not a very caring person. She's very self-sufficient. She's very Mm -hmm. um, about herself, very, you know, self-loving. If you want to draw that type of energy, that's great. And there's a good, there's a good reason for it in in certain situations. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if you want to steal the seed of men, go for it. Like, I guess, con- with consent. <laughs> Always consent. I do not want to be can- – I'm already canceled. I'm canceling myself right now. It's fine. <laughs> um, if you're on this podcast – Canceled. You're, not in the, you're, you're definitely not in the cool kids group. Definitely. That, that's fine. I um, <laughs> canceling myself. Yeah. I think I, yeah it's, it's, it's freeing in that <laughs> way. I, I, think, I think we're tapping into something. I think that we got to be really careful about these things that we – latch on to because we don't always know the results. And so if you go into Lilith or like I see with Crowley too, like if you go into Crowley, like the Oof. daddy Crowley stuff is funny. Okay. The daddy Crowley stuff is funny. It's hilarious. I'm, I'm all for a good meme, but if you're tapping into that Ergor, you got to know what you're tapping into. Right. And that dude by all accounts was very narcissistic. He was very cruel to his lovers he was very cruel to the people around him. His life was a goddamn train wreck for a good chunk of it, you know, and, but he reveled in that and that's yep. fine. So if, like, if you're looking to introduce some disruption and some, like some, some edgelord energy into your life, then that might be the right path for you. Right. Exactly. You know, everyone likes but, that itchy bottom energy. <laughs> yeah. But if your life is already full of disruption and you're looking 
to move beyond that, then perhaps that's not the right energy for you. Or perhaps there's a different vantage point for you to, you know what I'm saying? Like just go into it with eyes wide open. That's the key, right? right. I think that's the most important thing. And that's why we joke all we want about no nuance November, but, but, the lack of nuance can have some pretty damning results if one's not careful. Exactly. Um, you know, and it's like, we, that's why I always preference like a lot of my, my takes online. If it's like a no nuance thing, I'm always like, you know, no nuance to ever, because I don't want people to sit there and think like half the time that I'm serious. Cause most of my posts are satire. Like they're literally yeah. like just there to have fun, make people laugh. Um, you know, sometimes I get serious if there's a there's an issue that needs to be addressed. But I, I really just look at social media as just kind of like screaming into that void. Well, I think I think that, and I, I I do want to be optimistic for a moment. I do feel like maybe people are returning to that because to me, social media was at its best and was cat videos and memes. Oh, a cat video made me cry this morning. Don't start. <laughs> But like somewhere along the line, much like I guess like in some regards, like the Joe Rogan podcast for is a great example. It's like a microcosm of the larger internet, right? Yeah. No one in their right mind, including Joe Rogan, should ever think that that's the guy to go to for uh, any kind of deep thought beyond weed, aliens, uh, monkeys, and uh, MMA, right? Yeah. Like if you're, if you're interested in, or meat, if you're interested in like hunting, aliens, Bigfoot, monkeys, MMA, uh, weed, I think I said that already because I smoke too much, um, then fine. Great podcast for you. Who, knowledgeable guy. If you take it beyond that, if you start to ascribe to him to some sort of level of responsibility, social consciousness, <laughs> medical advice, bad, bad. This has gone bad. This has gone off the rails, right? This is not what this was intended for. All right. And I, and I feel like if you use that as an example and you look at the internet, you're like, oh, this is the same thing with social media, right? Yeah. Social media – really at its best was just a good way for people who are not next to each other to chat or to share their photo album, share a funny thing, share a funny video. That's it. That's it. That's where, but that was what it was. That's the level that it really uh, is successful at. When you start adding it to being Twitter, to be like our replacement for the news oh. or where we get information or Instagram to be our basis for uh, body image or, or what, what one's life, what kind of life one should subscribe to or, or uh, strive for, um, you know, getting our, all of our, our spiritual advice from TikTok, like wrong. We've gone wrong. This yeah. is like, this is like, this is like thinking Joe Rogan is going to give you some deep advice on uh, war and peace. It ain't going to happen. It's not the right place for it. No, you know, we got to return to the earlier days of face of MySpace. live journal, simple live journal. Live. Well, there was a lot of drama on live journal. If you remember, I, I love live journal. I, I liked it okay, but MySpace was the jam. MySpace and, and only undies. That's where the internet just stopped. It's gone all downhill from there. I really feel like we should have a top eight on like Facebook, Instagram, everything, just to put people in their place. You know? There is, yeah. There is um there is some new app that came out, some social media platform that was like MySpace. I'll have to ask Jess. I don't remember. But a few people were kind of gravitating toward it because it was very much like the new MySpace, like with all the gimmicks, you know? <gasps> yes. Retro sites. Nice. Yeah. That, and and I find that Discord has been a good, again, it's still not a place for nuance, although better, certainly better. But I feel like it's given a haven for people to hop off the, the Twitter machine and 
chat with people in a slightly more authentic way. Yeah, but can I be honest? Like Discord, I feel like a boomer because I have no idea how to use that site or that app. Oh, I'm learning. Like I'm literally like in two people's servers and no clue what I'm doing. My school had me (laughs) join. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's basically like a message board of sorts. That's the way I that's the way I can I can get my old brain around it. But um uh I'm still learning. There's all these like badges you can do and like groups you can I don't understand it. I know. And now I now I know what I've got to look forward to when I'm like 60, 70, you know. Oh, yeah. oh god. So get, and you've got like some 5-year-old trying to tell you how to do something and you're like, "Damn it. This is where it goes. <laughs> it's all going downhill. It's all going downhill." Um, well, for anyone who would like to enjoy your spicy satirical takes and to celebrate the rest of No Nuance November, where can they find you on social media if you want them to find yeah, you at all? I'd love, I'd and, love and people to find me. Plug, plug whatever you want. Plug what, careful. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me on uh, Twitter. We haven't had drinks yet. Right. Uh, you can find me on <laughs> Twitter at at doll parts 84 or you can find me on instagram at bobby underscore doll 84 excellent well thank you or you can find for... me you can find me trolling dave's twitter too yeah awesome that's it, exactly go to dave oscuro and you can find bobby always on there um thank you very much i think that we have excellently celebrated no nuance november and and i'm sure that we're gonna be the subject of all kinds of subtweets which is fine Sub-tweet i love making me. money for yeah i love making money for other people so you're welcome yes and i expect my 10 percent kickback right so uh thank you again i hope you enjoy the weekend and uh if y'all want to continue this conversation find us on twitter because we're, we're there yeah we Too can much. talk Probably. <laughs> All <right>. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. I would like to thank Bobby once again for spending her day explaining her magical journey and some of her practices, and of course, explaining to us the finer points of No Nuance November. You know, we joke a lot on this podcast about no nuance and things of that nature, but the reality, of course, I'm sure you all know, is that nuance and specifics and complexity are, are important parts of any conversation. Uh, I know that we've become sort of a society that has gravitated towards hot takes and salacious headlines and and spicy one-liners, but the reality of it is we're robbing ourselves of an opportunity to have uh, intelligent and in-depth conversation about things that will impact our daily lives or the daily lives of other people around us. And I think that it's a real shame that we've gone from ironically removing nuance as a, as a form of humor into a territory where having a conversation uh, or a discussion or even a debate, God forbid, has become sort of a taboo thing because having conversations in good faith is rare. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer that uh, you, you can only... You can only change the tide by being aware that it's going in the direction it's going. So I think that highlighting the fact that we've lost our ability to speak, to, to, to really explore the complexities of any given situation uh, and realize that we have to do something about that. that We have to allow our brains to work a little harder, allow our ears to listen a little bit deeper and allow our voices to be a bit more, to speak with a little bit more integrity and be and be impeccable with what we say 
uh, I think those things are important. And if we don't recognize that that's not the direction we're going, then how are we ever to change it? So we could joke about No Nuance November. It's funny. Funny things are good on the internet. Cat videos, memes, those are all fun to have. But I think when it comes to deeper conversation, we should approach them carefully or perhaps we'll make the decision to, that it's not the right venue or person to have them with at all. Uh, sometimes, sometimes conversations can't be had. And in those instances, it may be better to just not have them on a public forum rather than to speak and remove all doubt. So thank you to Bobby once again for all of her insight. Thank you all for listening. And as always, gold rings on you all.